Hi, this is Dave Olson. I'm the senior leader of Heartland Church located in Ankeny, Iowa. I hope the following message challenges, encourages, and ultimately changes you. Thanks for joining us. Hey, I'm Pastor Adam. I'm the executive pastor here at Heartland Church, and it's my pleasure to bring the message this morning. If this is your first time here and you don't like the message, you don't like the preacher, come next week. Senior pastor will be back next week. It'll be wonderful. All right? Now, Pastor, pastor Dave is uh, out of town today, and we're just um, moving his, one of his kids' uh, stuff to Florida, and uh, we're just excited that he gets to do that and spend some time, quality time with his family. And I know that God has a message for us here today. Amen. You know, typically this time of year, traditionally, is Advent season in, in the church at large, and this week is the week of peace as we welcome in and, and think about welcoming our Christ child on uh, December 25th when we celebrate it. And uh, so how many of you know that Jesus brings peace? He does, doesn't he? How many of you have experienced his peace in your life? Would you raise another hand? He's faithful. He's faithful and he's good. Hey, quick announcement before we get moving on, talking about the Christmas season. On Christmas Eve, that's a Sunday, we will have our two Sunday morning services, 8.30 and 10.30 a.m., but then we'll have a special service Christmas evening, and that'll be at 5 p.m. It'll be mostly music, um, but come on out, uh, grab your friends, grab your family, grab a few enemies if you like to, bring them as well, and... Uh, Let's all get in the presence of God, experience the peace of God, and welcome Christ. Amen? Amen. Well, this morning I've got a special word for, for you, hot off the press from the Lord, and I'm just excited to bring it to you. I want to talk to you about uh, having faith in God. And, you know, Pastor Dave's been uh, in a series out of Hebrews um, chapter 6. He's been talking about the foundations of our faith, and he's been talking about repentance from dead works and faith toward God. And I, I want to kind of capitalize on that and spend a day just talking about faith in God. Would you believe God can speak to you right where you're at today? Let's pray and open our hearts up to the message. Heavenly Father, we ask right now that you would Move in and bring us understanding through the teaching of your word. Bring us revelation in Jesus' name. Father, we, we make our hearts good soil for the seed of the word of God. And we ask that we would never be the same because of this message today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're going to start over in Mark chapter 11 today, and that's going to be the main section of Scripture. Of course, we'll go several different places over the Bible, but in Mark chapter 11, Jesus has just made his entry into Jerusalem, and, and he... You know, he came in and they had the palm branches and they were waving the palm branches and he comes up into the, into the temple in Jerusalem and he takes a, takes a look at what's going on in Jerusalem and then, and then it's late in the day so he, he leaves town and he goes over to the next town called Bethany which is on the Mount of Olives and, and he stays overnight there and he, he gets up the next morning and he's hungry. He, and so from afar off, he sees this tree. It's a fig tree. It's out of season, but he, he decides, I'm going to go over and try to see if this fig, leaf, this fig tree that is leafing out, if it has some figs on it. And he goes over to this tree, and he looks at the tree, and he, he doesn't see any figs, and he's hungry, and he says to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit of you again. 
our Lord talked to a tree. And the disciples heard him. So it wasn't just a thought. The Bible says the disciples heard him. Well, so they go into Jerusalem that day. And, you know, so Jesus didn't get breakfast. And he went into the temple. And that was the day that he wrapped, um, wrapped cords up into a whip. And he drove people out of the temple who were merchandising in the temple, trying to take the house of God and make it about making money rather than being a place of prayer. He, he's, he took his whip and he pushed them out. And he said, have you not heard that my house is supposed to be a house of prayer, that the Father's house is a house of prayer? This, this tells me a couple things. Number one, the house is supposed to be a house of prayer, Amen. Also, you never want to get the Lord hangry. He didn't have breakfast that day. Anybody here ever been hangry before? That's hungry and angry. You're angry because you're hungry. That happens to me sometimes. I'm doing something. I'm starting to get a little on edge. And my wife, Heidi, will be like, Adam, did you eat lunch? No, I did not eat lunch. Thank you for the reminder. I'm just having a little fun with you. But the next, he goes back to Bethany that day after driving people out, because that's where they're sleeping, that's where he's praying, then he's going back into Jerusalem. The next day, he gets up with his disciples, he goes to, to go back to the temple, and he's walking with his disciples, and his disciples stop in astonishment, and they look over at this tree, this fig tree, and they say, Master, the tree that you cursed yesterday has dried up from the roots. It's literally died. It's from the roots. Like they could see some of the roots coming out of the ground a little bit, and they knew that when they were looking at it, it was dead, but maybe there was a few green leaves out on the edges that were kind of falling off. It was from the inside out. And that's where we enter the scriptures today. After the disciples said this to Jesus, what was his response? Mark eleven twenty two. Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. Now it's just like Jesus to take a natural situation that we're looking at in our life and all of a sudden bring out a kingdom truth. A kingdom principle that we're supposed to walk in, live in, know, and understand. Here they're talking to him about a tree that's dead. And Jesus says, have faith in God. Everybody say, have faith in God. He goes on to say, I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it'll happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it'll be yours. But when you're praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Have faith in God. <laughs> They're looking at a natural tree and Jesus all of a sudden breaks into a kingdom principle. 
Here's some of the things that we can learn from this. The things of this earth, like that tree, like a mountain of a situation, the things of this earth are subject to a greater reality. Here's something else we can learn. Living things, things that we see with our own natural eyes, have roots that we cannot see, and we can affect them through our faith. Here's something else. Unmovable things, according to this world's view, cannot help but move when subjected to kingdom realities. Have faith in God. So if Jesus is saying to the disciples and he's saying to us to have faith in God, it would kind of help to know a little bit of what faith is. How does it work? What is faith? Hebrews 11 verse 1 says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Well, that's a lot of words. Say that again, Pastor Adam. Okay, I think I will. Faith is the subject of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Simply put, faith is trust. Faith is trust. It's personal. It's belief in someone. Faith in God is trust in God. And it's personal. It's relational. Faith exists in the heart of a person, not the head. It's not a seeable substance to the natural eye. But it is a real and seeable substance in the spirit unto God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. That word substance there, when you look up in the original Greek and Aramaic, it actually comes down to faith is the substructure of things hoped for. So faith is trust. So trust is the substructure of what you hope to receive out of a relationship. Since faith is trust, trust in God is the substructure of what you hope to receive from God. Faith is the substance. Now, it's a substance. In the spirit, it's a substance. There is a way to see with the eyes of God that you can recognize faith within someone. But faith is not visible to the naked eye. Neither is trust. What is faith? Faith is trust. The attitude that someone carries when they have faith is confidence. That's how it shows up. You can really tell if someone's trusting God by whether or not they have confidence in a situation. The confidence isn't the faith itself. The confidence is the fruit 
of the faith that's in their heart. Now, I don't know about you, but the church that I grew up in was not this church. It was a different church. But the church that I grew up in was one of these churches where it was okay to talk back to the preacher. You know, and some of the ways you did that, people would say, amen. They'd say, go get it. You know, um, people would stand up in the middle of the message and say, yeah. Sometimes they stand up in the middle of the message and they just stand there like this. They're just receiving from God. And that was totally fine with me. So I just want to give you permission today. As the Lord is speaking to you this morning, if you need to say amen, I agree, hallelujah, whatever, you're free to do that in this place. You know, you're free to do that when Pastor Dave preaches too. That would encourage him, all right? <laughs> I remember one time we had, we had a person in our church and they would always say, step on that clutch, pop the clutch, step on the accelerator, you got this. Something happens inside of a preacher when you say stuff like that, it's like, okay, I will. And we just go after it. How did I get over on that, Lord? <laughs> oh, audience participation. So we're going to have a little audience participation here. Is um, Could I get a couple volunteers, a few volunteers uh, that could come help me make my next point? Um, if you're willing, you know, a couple of volunteers, I would really appreciate it. Hey, can I get a couple teenagers to come up? Just come on up right up here. Let's give a couple teenagers a hand. Anybody brave? Anybody brave? Come on, teenagers. All right. Let's see. I need a couple other volunteers. Is there anybody in the room that um, you're dating? You're here, you're dating, but you're not married. Anybody like that? If that's you, raise your hand. I'd like to have you come up. That'd be great. I'd like to, is that, is that wrong? All of a sudden, everybody's like, no, I'm not doing that. Okay. Um, Roger, would you two come up? Would you two come up? That'd be awesome. Praise God. How many of you know it's Christmas season? It's Christmas season. Let's give them a hand for coming up, being brave. Right up here. You bet. You bet. Oh, no, I'd never embarrass you. All right. Um, um, no. Okay, what's your name? Uh, Ro. Ro? And how old are you? Fifteen. All right, and where do you go to school? Centennial. All right, give it up for Ro. All right, and what's your name? I'm Josiah. Josiah, how old are you? 16. And where do you go to school? Homeschool. Homeschool. Give it up for Josiah. Okay. Now, we're talking about faith. Have faith in God. It's Christmas season. Ro, I got to ask you an honest question. Do you think Josiah is going to get you a Christmas gift? I doubt it. She doubts it. Okay. All right. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. All right. Um, probably wasn't in the plans, you know. Now, wh why don't you think probably that Josiah would get you a Christmas gift this year? 
I mean, I usually only get Christmas presents for like my really close friends. So what? Yeah, okay, I got you. So what? What we're saying here is that. What we're saying here is that the level of relationship that you have with Josiah probably doesn't deem it necessary for him to give you a gift. He, he's cool and all, but that, that's just not something that you trust is going to happen. Now, Josiah, if I asked you to get her a Christmas present, would you get her a Christmas present? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, he would. All right. Now, Josiah, would you please get her a Christmas present? Yeah, for, yep, for sure. Now, now I got to ask you a question. Do you believe that he's going to get you a Christmas present? I actually do, yeah. You mean you trust that he's going to get you a present, and he's never gotten you a present before. Am I right? Mm-mm, no. So you have faith in Josiah that he's going to show up with a Christmas present for you. Amazing. So here's what we can see from this already. She didn't have faith in Josiah before. But faith comes. Trust comes. How did you come to believe that he would give you a Christmas gift? He said he was going to. So he gave you his word. You believed his word and you trusted in your heart. And this is just the, the word of a young man. But he's a good young man, isn't he? So, so you could have had no faith before, but then when you heard his word, all of a sudden faith comes. Huh. That's awesome. Now, after this little illustration, if he starts asking you questions like, so what do you like? What, um, what do you enjoy? You know, stuff like that, like asking you questions. Would, would you be more likely or less likely to believe that he was going to show up with a gift? Probably more likely. More likely. So what you're saying is you didn't have faith before, but faith came. And the more you would get to relate with this guy, the more faith would build in your heart. So you're saying faith would grow. Thank you, guys. Give them a hand. Now, please introduce yourself. What's your name? Jackie Scott. Where do you go to school? (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding, Jackie. Okay. All right. And uh, please introduce yourself. My name is Roger Scott. All right. And you guys appear to be married, okay? How long, how many years have you been married? 51. 51 years! (laughs) Woo! 
Amazing example in the body of Christ right here. <laughs> now, I'm going to ask you some questions. It's Christmas season. Yeah. Faith comes. Faith grows. Do you believe that Roger is going to get you a, f a Christmas gift this year? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, why do you believe that he's going to get you a gift? Because he's given me one many, many years in a row. So you're saying he's been faithful before. And because he's been faithful before, you think he'll be faithful again. Amen. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot with Roger here for a moment. Has there ever been a time where he didn't get you a Christmas gift? I don't think so, unless it was one of those times when we were, like, really poor. So he's given you something every year. Every year. Every year. Every year. Every year. So you're saying that. So we're seeing that. Do you think he might have got you a gift when you were dating? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he got you Christmas gifts when you were dating. And he's gotten you Christmas gifts for 51 years. It's pretty likely that he's going to get you a Christmas gift this year, huh? Yeah, you betcha. All right. What do you want? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Let's give them a hand. God is faithful. He is faithful. Sometimes we can hyper-spiritualize the things of God. <laughs> he doesn't trust me. Okay. Sometimes we can hyper-spiritualize the things of God. But faith is trust. Trust comes. How does it come? How does faith come? Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing the word of God. Just like she heard the word of Josiah, when we hear the word of God to us and choose to believe it, faith comes automatically. That, that, that scripture there, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Another translation says, hearing by the message of Christ. The message of redemption, everything wrapped up in redemption, everything wrapped up in the kingdom of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the message of the kingdom of God. In other words, when you hear the message of the kingdom of God, the victory promises that God promises in your life, then faith automatically, when you agree with it, trust, faith pops up, comes into your heart. And when you continue to sow into that, that trust grows. It grows. Now, there may be situations in your life, maybe you're a person that you've never had a Christmas gift. And all of a sudden, somebody promises you a gift. Then you have to decide. Do I trust that person? And maybe in your life, you haven't had victory in a specific area. 
And God's telling you today, you're going to have victory in this area. And you need to trust God. You know, there's a situation in the scriptures where Jesus had, had been up at the Mount of Tra Transfiguration and he comes back down and, and he sees his disciples are there and there's this whole bunch of people. There's a bunch of Pharisees around and they're arguing with the disciples. And in the middle of all this chaos, Jesus walks in. He says, what's going on here, guys? And, and the, this father says, hey, I brought my son to your disciples to cast this demon out of him that, that's keeping him mute, and it's causing him to convulse and throw down on the ground and foam at the mouth, but your disciples couldn't cast him out. And, and Jesus was upset, and he said, how long am I to be with this, this generation of unbelief? He said, bring the child to me. And he talks to the father, he says, do you believe that I can do this? And the father says something very interesting, and it always messed with me until I dig deeper into what it meant. The father says, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Well, that seems kind of paradoxical to me. Like, I believe, help my unbelief. That doesn't even make sense. How, how does that even make sense? He's saying, I trust you, help, help me where I need to grow my trust. So we hear the message of the word of God, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, as our Lord. We're like, yeah, I believe. He's my Lord. But there's other areas of our life that, that we haven't heard the word of God on yet, or we haven't come to accept them as true in our heart. We haven't agreed with them. And so we're, we could say, I, I agree. I believe in Jesus. Help my unbelief. Help my trusting in these other areas of my life. God, I believe that you can save me, but I've got this living situation in my life that is unfruitful. I trust that you're my savior, but help me trust you to take care of this situation that's grown up in my life. It looks like it should have fruit on it, but year after year, it's not showing up with fruit. Help me know what to do with that. Lord, I trust you as my Savior, but I've got this mountain that, that every time I come to worship you, I've got this mountain situation in my life that honestly, it just really needs to move. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to do about this situation. Help my unbelief. But here's what we know, that faith comes Faith grows. Trust comes and trust can grow. How does it come? By the word. How does it grow? Through the relationship that you have with that person and with that word. Listen to this statement. Oh, where's it at? You trust a person to the extent that their character is revealed to you. You trust God to the extent that his character has been revealed to you. You initially set your faith in the relationship by what you've heard. But it's their character over time that helps that to grow, that trust to grow in your life. And just like that boy was demonized, and the father came to Jesus, and Jesus cast out the demon... Jesus can cast out anything in your life. He can set you free of anything in your life. 
I find it very interesting in that story. Jesus rebukes the, the demon, tells it to leave, and when he does, the boy who was demonized and had been foaming at the mouth and shaking and all this convulsing, the boy actually does the same thing right away because the demon wants to make noise on the way out. He wants to make a show on the way out. He wants to pretend that he's powerful on the way out. That's how he is. And he convulses the boy and then he leaves and the boy's laying there as dead. The people look, look at him. A bunch of people start to murmur. They murmur at the situation about, around the work of God, and they say, the boy's dead, the boy died, the boy died. The situation's dead, but it goes out into the wild. And Jesus simply reaches down, grabs him by the hand, lifts him up, and welcomes him to a free life. And there are situations in our life that appear to be demonized. There are situations in our life that appear to, to be convulsing and make you mad enough that you're foaming at the mouth. And, and they're directly from the enemy. And God wants to come into that situation and is probably working in that situation. And the enemy likes to murmur at what it looks like. He likes to say, oh, it's dead. He likes to get other people involved. Oh, look at that situation, it's dead, it's dead, it's dead. But in the eyes of faith, it wasn't dead, it was come to life, it was actually free. And I wanna say this today over you, that that situation that's going on in your life, that situation where the enemy's been at work in your life, where people on the outside are looking at it and saying it's dead, it's not dead, it's not dead at all. It's just entering the life of Jesus. Freedom is yours. So we're learning about faith this morning. They talk to Jesus about this dead tree, and, and Jesus teaches about faith. Faith is trust. Faith comes. Faith grows. But just because faith grows in your heart doesn't mean you're living in the victory that it provides. In order for you to enjoy the victory of your faith, faith must be released. Trust must be acted upon. Back to Mark chapter 11, and we'll see what Jesus said. Have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it'll happen. But you must really believe it in your heart. Believe and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you the truth, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you received it, it'll be yours. But when you're praying, first forgive, so your Father will forgive you. What's he saying here? Think about this for a minute. There was a tree. The tree was fruitless. It was alive, it was seeable in the natural realm, but it was fruitless. And Jesus spoke words out loud, released his belief that was in his heart, his trust that was in his heart, and a situation literally changed in the natural. And to explain it, he says, now, guys, have faith in God. Trust in God. Get to know him. Trust him. 
And then, I tell you what, you can say, just like Jesus said to a fig tree, you can say to a mountain in your life, get up and get out of here, and it will be done because of what you said. Now we know, in the natural, none of us have the ability to lift a mountain. He's talking right now, he's talking here about a situation that shows up in your life that looks mountainous, that looks too big to overcome, that you didn't put there, that, that is in your life, that has to move, that is a work that, that, that you've been stubbing your foot on, that you, you don't know how to get around, you don't know how to get through. And he's saying, faith must be released. He's saying, if you would say... So if you, want, if you believe you have trust in your heart and you're growing your trust by hearing what God says about that situation, and I hear it, God's pointing out right now, God's pointing out in this room and under the sound of my voice, he's pointing out mountains in your life. He's pointing out things that have grown in your life, possibly relationships that have grown in your life, things that have grown in your life, they exist in your life, but they're not fruitful in your life. And they need to go. He's saying those unfruitful things need to go, the mountains need to move. How do we do that? It's not enough to have faith. It's not enough to grow big faith, big trust in God. What we need to do is learn to activate our trust in God. We do that through obedience. We do that through acting on his word, through doing what he tells us to do. When you have true faith in your heart, the first thing that it moves is your mouth. Why do you say that, Pastor Adam? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's what the Bible says. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I tell you what, you watch a good football game, get excited about football, pretty soon you're talking football with five other people. Why, why are you talking football? Because that's what your heart is into. That's what you filled your heart with. It's just coming out. But when you get your heart filled with the promises of God, when you get your heart filled with the victory that he's promised you over your situation, and you believe that that victory is yours, then it'll start coming out your mouth. And you'll actually say to any situations that don't line up with your victory, you will say, no, you don't belong. Get up and get out of here. That's how victory works. If you want to walk in the victory of the kingdom of God, not just believe it exists, not just believe you have it, but you want to walk in the victory of God, you've got to release your faith. Let's turn over to Joshua 6 if you have your Bibles here. We've been in a season as a church of crossing over into new territory. We started two services here at the church about a month ago, just a little bit over a month ago. And before that, we were, we were getting ready. We were camped before crossing over into a new season that God was going to give us. And, and then we, we 
built a memorial of God's faithfulness, of all the good things that he had done for us. And we know that God was faithful then, and he's faithful now, and he'll be faithful in the future. And we talked about crossing over into new territory, into new victories in our life, and new challenges in our life. And we as a people have been crossing over. We, are, we have crossed over to two services, and many of the volunteers around the room are volunteering a little extra. You're, you're believing God a little extra. You're trusting God to show up in really big ways. And in Joshua 6, they had just crossed over into the promised land, and, and they, were, they were walking, and, and uh, Joshua comes in contact with the commander of the Lord's army. And he says to him, the ground that you're on is holy, consecrate yourself. And they consecrate themselves for the work of God, and then, and then, and then the commander says, I have given you Jericho. God gives him a promise. He gives him a word. He says, I've given you Jericho. Now, Joshua had to do something with that word. He had to believe it. He had to trust Jesus. He had to trust. He could have said, no, I don't believe it. I don't believe you're doing that. But he believed it. Now, Jericho was a walled city. It was walled, the, the walls were so thick they could do uh, chariot races around the top of the walls. And the people had been shut up inside of Jericho ever since the people of God had crossed the River Jordan because they were afraid. And God comes to Joshua and says, I've given you Jericho. I've given you everything in it. All of it is yours. You're going to take this city, and then you're going to offer all, all of the bounty from the city to me as a first fruits offering. He says, this is what you're going to do. I have this promise for you. It's your city. I give it to you. You didn't earn it. I just give it to you. And he gives them divine instructions. And the divine instructions are an instruction for us on how to release our faith. He says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to gather with, with the saints of God, with the people of God in my presence, and I want you to march. I don't want you to just wander around and hope that one day the city is going to be yours. I want you to gather up the army. I want you to believe that what I say is going to come to pass. I want you to gather up the army. I want you to get ready to fight in my presence. I want you to get ready to fight with me. I want you to go on purpose. And this is how we live as Christians, on purpose with God. On the word of God on purpose. Too many Christians, well, this and that. No, march it out. What's he got you doing? What's he got you doing? So he tells them, I want you to march around the city one time, and then I want you to go back for the night. And they march around that city, that fortified wall, and in the natural, that thing looks like you can't get through. That thing is a fortress. There's a fortress in their life. And they're walking around it every day staring at this fortress. They go home. They sleep. They get back up. They put on their gear. They put the worshipers in there in the presence of God. Come on. Here we go again. Walking around that fortress. And they're choosing something. Every day that they walk around that fortress, they're choosing to look at that fortress, not through the natural eyes, but through the lens of faith. They're choosing to look at that fortress, how Jesus looks at that fortress. And they're walking around that thing, and they walk around for six days like that. And then the Lord said, now on the seventh day, I want you to do something a little different. 
This is why we follow. This is why we obey. I want you to do something different. I want you to walk marching around that fortress seven times. Seven times you're going to go around that fortress. Oh, they could have given up. They could, oh, why couldn't we do it one day just like the other days? They could ask so many questions. But what did they do? They trusted God. They trusted God. So they kept doing. They did what God said to do. They didn't do what others thought they needed to do. They weren't on their plan. They were on God's battle plan. So they're marching around. At the end of the seventh time, his directions said, when you hear the priest blow the trumpets for war, to go in at war, then I want you to lift up a shout for the Lord has given you a si- the city. Listen to what happened. Joshua chapter 6. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. How did they take the city? God brought them a word and they believed it. They grew their heart, faith, and trust in him through the wilderness. But when God gave them the assignment and they had the directions from the Lord, they didn't sit on the assignment, they did the assignment. They got active with their faith and they opened their mouth in agreement with God. They shouted, just like Jesus said, and you'll say to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and it'll be cast into the sea. And you'll say, to anything growing up in your life that's unfruitful, get out of here and die, and it'll die. It won't die from the natural out. It'll be changed from the inside, from the roots out. Those walls didn't fall down from the outside in. They fall down from the inside out. There is a reality in your life that is bigger than what you're seeing right now. That situation in your life is subject to the name of Jesus. That situation in your life, that mountain in your life, that bad relationship in your life, that fruitlessness in your life, whatever it is, it is subject to the name of Jesus. But here's the key. It's what you say to the mountain. Jesus did not say, if you'll point out the mountain to me, I'll say something and it'll go. No, this is, this is the key. The Lord God in his wonderful way of building trust in our lives brings us up to a mountain and shows us a mountain. Not so that we go back in fear, but so that we grow our trust in him and stand up and speak to the mountain and see it move and live in a whole new level of victory. Stand to your feet this morning. Your mountain will will only respond to your voice. Trust God. He's so good. He does not fail. He is faithful 100% of the time. We're going to do something. We're going to have a little fun this morning. We're going to release our faith this morning. I want you to think about that situation in your life. That situation that's grown up but does not reflect the kingdom of God's promise for you. I want you to see that mountain in your life this morning. I want you to see that fortress that the Lord's called you to attack. And we're going to lift up a shout together. I'm going to count to three. We're going to lift up a shout. 
And we're going to say a thing or two. Because we trust God. 1 John 5, 4 says this, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Our faith. Our, the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. To who? To those that are born of God. If you have confessed Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are born of God. And victory is your promise. The kingdom of God victory is your promise. But it's up to you. It's up to you whether you just believe it or whether you start to walk in it. Whether you start to see your situations change. And I don't, I don't know about you, but, you know, when Jesus went up to that fig tree, it was probably an ugly moment. He's probably like, where is it? There's no figs. And something's going to happen in here in just a minute. When we lift up a shout, because the enemy has been robbing from you. His demonic work has been robbing from you. You've been trusting God. You've been walking with God. But the enemy has been robbing from you by keeping your mouth shut. And in just a minute, we're going to open our mouths and he, we're going to send him on the run. How do we do that? If there's a mountain in your life that you're seeing, you say, you, whatever that situation is, you just say, situation, I tell you to get up and get out of here in Jesus' name. If there's something growing up in your life that's a fruitless situation, you tell that fruitless situation to die and go in Jesus' name. Your mouth, your words. You don't have to say everything perfect. It's going to be a little ugly in here for a moment, all right? But it's a holy ugly, all right? Whatever, whatever you know, the world looks at the move of God and tries to, to pinpoint it out and say, oh, that's dead. Meanwhile, the people of God are getting completely free. And you may have a fortress that you need to move. How do you move it? Shout unto God your praise. Just shout unto God your praise. What do you say? You can say, hallelujah, glory to God, amen, I trust you, Jesus. You can just say the name of Jesus, okay? Do you guys have those situations in your head? One. Two. Are you ready to shout? Three. Hallelujah! Free, 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 free. I tell it to move in the name of Jesus. I tell that mountain to get up and get out in the name of Jesus. I tell that fruitless situation to go, to go, to go in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for victory. 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 Victory, victory, victory. Victory is ours. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know what's so cool about it? It's not, it's, not based, it's not based on your works. You're trusting in a person. You're trusting in God to make it happen. You simply learned how to release that trust. So it becomes active to change a situation in this side, in the earth realm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Glory to God. You got one more shout? Hallelujah! Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Freedom. 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 Freedom in this place. Freedom in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ministry team, would you come up at this time? Hallelujah. As we finish the service, we talked about having faith in God. And that begins by hearing a word. This morning, as, as we dismiss, if you would like to trust God, make, trust Jesus for the first time, learn about him and grow with him, then I would just ask that you would make your way up and talk to one of these ministry team members as we dismiss today. Now, you may be in this place today, and you're like, I'm in that other zone where I trust God, um, I believe I'm saved, but there's areas of my life I just want someone to believe God with me, to help me along in my faith, to trust with me, to help me grow my faith. Don't leave without getting prayer for your situation, okay? Don't leave. Now, you've released your faith. You've released your trust in God into this realm. So as you think about it in the week here to come, as you think about it, as the enemy, the accuser of the brethren tries to come in and tell you, oh, nothing's changed, you just remember situations change from the roots up. You're not going to judge it on the outside. You're going to believe that he is trustworthy, Amen. Amen. Father God, I just thank you for your flock today. Lord, bless them, increase them, help them to walk out your victory in Jesus' name. Amen. God's going with you. You go with him. You're dismissed. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help more people hear this message, you can get the word out by subscribing and sharing it on social media. If you'd like to support the ministries of Heartland Church, you can do so at heartlandchurchonline.com give.